Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Life can be challenging, that's a fact. But life is good, life is good. I never really thought that I could see myself in the light so highly. I turned 30, a reflection of the God in me. Devil plays on the idol mind, idol mind. Got shit to do for me and mine. I ain't got time. Be grateful for your life. Don't be misunderstood every day that you wake up. Life is good. Set your attention, just pay attention and make the change. The bad for the good, just rearrange. When it comes to life, praise to the most high. See your life transformed. You ain't gotta ask why. Life is good, life is good, hey. Life is good, life is good, hey. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Yeah, we are here with another episode of the Life is Good podcast. This week, we're going to get hit y'all with a throwback. We're going to take it back to what's on your mind, mental health for men. So I am here joined today with Gito. Yeah. It's debatable. It's very debatable. <laughs> very. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Gino. Who are you? Well, I'm an artist from Chicago. I'm a veteran at this point. So um, business owner, musician, um, family member, father, father <laughs> a lot of different things. Son of Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Child of God. <laughs> so today, guys, we are talking about something very serious and something that needs to definitely be addressed and um, that needs to be talked about. Mental illness amongst men. And how important it is um, for people to people to just know their aware. status, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like an AIDS campaign, but just know their status of so like you know just knowing what's Being going aware, on. What's going on with understand? I think that specifically with black men, obviously because I'm a black man and being around other black men, we specifically um, outside of having everything against us, let's just say, and then um, dealing with the day to day. And then turning around and trying to cope with it. And then having our ways of coping with it, but maybe society don't like it. So we kind of like have a catch-22. And on top of our pride not allowing us to come forth with it, it puts us in a deeper state of it. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, as men, we'll either run away from something or we'll take over something. Whether that might be fatal, that might you know what I'm saying? So it depends. But I think for black men specifically, we do need to communicate more on that because we do have it. We have these problems. Everybody has it. Ain't just a black thing. So, but specifically with black men, we should definitely be. We should advocate more for it. Mm-hmm. Definitely because we have kids. You know what I'm saying? That's the biggest thing. Like me understanding who I am as a man, I'm able to relate it to my son, so he can grow up and not have the same feelings and uh, deal with the same things mentally. Maybe that I grew up with by maybe not having a father growing up or whatever you may say or the right guidance, or whatever. But as long as us men understand. Well, we went wrong. We can correct that, and that's it's supposed to trickle down to your kids. Yeah. So that's why ultimately we really need to have that conversation. I think, and I feel like the conversation needs to be had because, um, of course, I speak for the black community because I've been black my whole life. Um, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. Um, I mean, it's can. It's two thousand eight. It's two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. It can happen. Um, but. I feel like so many times in the black community, we are told, like, if we have, like, issues or something going on to man up or ain't nothing wrong with you, you know, stop whining, stop, stop crying, crying instead yeah. of people actually Deal with it. acknowledging Deal with that there's yeah. something wrong. Yeah. Um, I know I, I know a, um, a person in my life that um, has a son, an awesome son, and he actually spoke about having, you know, mental. a mental illness. Like, you know, I'm kind of depressed. I'm kind of yeah. sad. And versus actually dealing with it, the parent wasn't wasn't really receptive to actually like okay I need to go get I need to go get you help mm-hmm. because it's like 
if I admit that there's something wrong with you, I have to admit there may be something wrong with me yeah, too. Yeah. Because you're the parent. Because I'm the parent yeah. and my life was a little rougher than you. You know, just yeah, like so yeah. you're trying to evaluate everything. Yeah, and, and I feel down. like a lot of times parents sometimes don't acknowledge their child's mental illness. They're like, well, you know, I had a rougher life than you and I'm okay. You but it's like be. at the end of the day, you're really not okay. Yeah. You need help too. Yeah, you, you had know? a child. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you need like you went through a lot in your life too. Mm-hmm. You need help, but mm-hmm. we just we just so used to like covering it up and just like hiding it and just like we we had it as like oh she oh he just got anger issues or she just got an attitude or or are they bad as hell? Nasty. Exactly. Or they just bad. It's like, I don't like no, bad. no people related, act so. out for a reason. Yeah, that's real. You know, so um, it just need people just need to be more aware of it, understand that mental illness is like if somebody got a mental illness, that's just like somebody having like like the flu. Yeah. If somebody got the flu, you ain't just gonna necessarily let them go. Wing it out. Yeah. You know, you just go, oh, let me go get you some medication. Yeah. Let me go get you a doctor's appointment. Yeah. Like, mental illnesses are just as serious. You're helping to heal that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Because um, my experience with mental illness that I know that when you are ill, it affects your body. Like, you're, like, right. you're, like you get sick. Yeah. You know, like, it is so important to make sure that your mental health is... Take the head, you kill the body. Yeah. True story. That's it. Like yeah. real. And that's even on for the people in the Bible, Bible heads and things. You know, in the Bible it says, you know, God or Jesus, however you want to go about it, says, if the world takes your mind, I can't help it. And that's that's real. You yeah. just think that's just naturally. That's us as people. You know what I'm saying? If you're not in the right state, people could really say, like, I did this. I wasn't in the right state. Like, period. And that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But obviously, like, you know, because of you know society amongst, we back onto the black thing. Against, against black men, mm-hmm. we just have more against us. So it's harder to filter through it to say, hey, let me just tell the truth. Because mm-hmm. because by it not being the truth to the, as broad as it should be, if you do, now you're lying. Right. You come up with an excuse. Oh, he, you're just saying it to get out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Or, you, you know what I'm saying? It's messed up because if you get a, you know, I don't mean to pull a race car, but let's just say a white guy gets on drugs, gets arrested for possession or robbery or something. They'll put him through mental health because he has a, he's in the mental state. He's fucked up. He's on drugs. But if a crackhead did it, a black crackhead, oh, he's just a crackhead. Yeah. He didn't have no issues before. He didn't have, you know what I'm he's saying? Not a, he's and not we a man first. He's a crackhead, crackhead. first. Yeah. And it's sad because they won't even get the history on that. That crackhead might have been a crackhead uh, through passing, as in somebody gave him a blunt that was laced. Mm-hmm. And now they're a crackhead. They ain't go and smoke crack saying they wanted to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's one thing we should understand. Or, or the whole fact that person may have literally had a mental illness, didn't know how to deal, with, deal, it, deal with it. And now real. they own drugs. Hey, I'm glad you said that because, like I said, I have a shop. So I have this, uh, I have a client that comes, or at one point he came a lot, old head, old man, like probably 60, you know what I'm saying? And he was a veteran. Fucked up. He had pins in his in his knuckles. His knuckles was messed up. He had surgery. He had pins in his knees. I think he said he was in the army and he was in one of the wars. I can't believe. I don't know which one. But anyways, he's a, he was a veteran. Clear as day. He walked like the hunchback of Notre Dame, like for real, for real. Mm-hmm. And um, one day he came in there and um, he came in there to get some cigarettes. And he was clearly an addict, but he also came in there to get an oil burner. The oil burners, you know, you get to put your crack, you know, it's your pipe. You put your crack or your mouth or whatever people may use for whatever. So, you know, I was just like, what's up with you? Like, what's your story? You know, and that's what he told me. He was just like, I got hurt in the military. They gave me pills. My pain was too much. They gave me all the highest pills they could give me. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't stopping my pain. I had to deal with heroin. He was like, I had to. He said that was giving me morphine. Morphine wasn't working. I had to go and start doing heroin to get from the needles and the stuff in his body. And I'm like, man, like, 
And he's so he's he's right now actively smart as fuck, but he's deluded as a human being, kind of. Mm-hmm. Physically, he's just drained, and you can just see it in him through his pants, through his facial, you know, his physique. And I'd be like, damn, like, you know, how do you feel about that? I ask, like, how do you feel knowing that you had to not crack, not weed? You had to go straight to heroin. Like, how did that feel? He was just like, it didn't matter because it was soothing. Mm. It was okay because he felt better. Knowing he was going to be an addict, the pain he was dealing with, he would rather be a heroin addict than deal with that pain. Now, what type of story is that? You get what I'm saying? Think right. about that story now. He, but and he's not getting help. So this is—he's actively a, a homeless man. Like, but he's an active homeless man where he gets money from the state because of this situation that he's in. But he's out in these circumstances. Like one day I met him, he just got robbed. He didn't have no money. He had like a dollar. He wanted to get a drink, but he just came up because he was telling me he's, he needs somewhere to chill. I just got robbed. They just robbed me now. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I was trying to fight the dude back because he a veteran and stuff. So. I think about it like, damn, it's really different stories. Like, and nobody cares about that because you're in a pot of just being an addict. Right. So, yeah, it's a lot. Tell us a little bit about, about your story with mental illness. Right, well, um, with my mental, it came after I got out. After I got out of the Marine Corps, I realized it. And it wasn't because of me. It was actually because of my mom. My mom and people around me was just seeing the difference in me. Like, my mom just told me specifically one day, like, you need to go talk to somebody. She's like, every time I'm up, you up. You, I don't, I don't see you sleep. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You have this flip floppy attitude. I don't know what to say to you. I don't know how to say it to you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to soothe and, and help you. All I'm asking is you go find some help. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing, and I feel like that was very important. You know what I'm saying? From and that should be for anybody. Like you know, you might have somebody to say you don't know how to ask somebody something. That's true, but you might just want to just be straight up with them and tell them I think you should just go get help mm-hmm. without giving details. Because to that person, it might just say I might. It might just hit, you know, right. instead of trying to break it all down. But that's what happened with that. And um, I, I was active in the military. I deployed 2010. Um, I seen things with the first response to the Haiti earthquake. So uh, as far as, like, you know, dealing with dead bodies, um, just that whole situation, to be honest with you, that was that was different. Uh, we had a bunch of suicide. Like, being in the Marine, I was a Marine, and... um. Being in the Marine Corps, I learned a lot, especially about suicides. Like, when before I joined the Marine Corps, I thought that if you were suicidal, you were mentally weak. Mm-hmm. Period. I just felt that way. Why? Because us as blacks, we don't deal with suicide. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that of punk it. Ass move. Yeah, like, you killed yourself. You, anyway. Right. So. That was a white boy shit. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, that's real, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and I had no friends that ever committed suicide. Mm-hmm. I ain't know nobody that ever committed suicide. So right. until I joined the Marine Corps, I really understood what the nation was speaking on when they speak on suicide. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in my world, though, before that. So literally, um, we had that situation where I had multiple suicides. Like, dealing with literally, like, seeing the Marine one week, and next week he's gone. Or seeing him one night, and the next day he's gone. And he even, one Marine... Text everybody in the group chain, like, I'm a lo- I love you all. And everybody rushed to this room. He was hanging from his doorknob. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I didn't understand the importance of it because it wasn't around me. But when I started, re- when I started dealing with people that had the mental issues, mm-hmm. but I had to have that responsibility as a Marine. Once I became a corporal, once I became a sergeant, I was over these Marines' lives. On a day-to-day basis, I had to start understanding them because they were getting in trouble outside of me. Mm-hmm. So I had to figure out how can I understand what they might do so I won't get my ass chewed out when they get in trouble. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I started uh, seeing that and started filling out Marines. Spe- special, simple things like saying hello, good morning. I watched a Marine tell me in my face, Sergeant, 
You don't know what you just stopped me from doing by you telling me good morning. I walked through this whole hallway and nobody said nothing to me. He didn't, you get know what I'm saying? He just woke up. We don't know what this man happened the night before or whatever. You know what I'm saying? He didn't go into great detail. That's all he told me. He said, Sergeant, thank you. He said, you don't know what you just prevented by you just telling me good morning and giving me some type of light. That's scary. That's scary as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Because I saw him in the same hallway that all these people just walked past, and I knew what I just prevented. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like Because he was a new Marine, and, and that lifestyle, and that change. I'm getting off track with my mental, but I'm learning all these things. But mm-hmm. that's what happened with me. So between the sleep apnea, because I, I suffer from severe sleep apnea as well, you know, with PTSD. But seeing things and dealing with things and coming from the life that I came from before I joined the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And then joining to the Marine Corps. And everybody knowing the miracle what the Marine Corps is to the government and as a branch to the military. We're different from the perspective of fighting. We're the first to fight. Right. So the way we train, the way we live, is very aggressive. And on, it's right there. It's a switch flop, flip flop. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... I had to learn how to uh, get on that in order to stay ahead of the power curve to be the best Marine I could be. Right. So, um, that took a toll. Um, and just like I said, just dealing with things. Suicidals was the biggest thing. Because when you're seeing somebody, when you're dealing with somebody, and then they just take their own life, that's when you sit down and think about it, down to the point where the Marine hung himself from the doorknob. They had to explain to us that he really wanted to die. because. In order for you, when you hang yourself from the ceiling, mm-hmm. you can't fight. You're just hanging. Right. As when you saying doorknob, I'm thinking that you're making a mistake and you mean no, like the top. No, he hung himself from the doorknob. He leaned forward off the doorknob and was dangling on his knees. So he fought the feeling of gasping air. He forced himself to die. Oh. That's a lot. That's a whole when lot. You just, I just seen this person. You know what I'm saying? And even... And, and even that's just one situation. It was another Marine that blew his head off in the Portageon in Africa. You know what I'm saying? It was, it's different things. You got Marines. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a lot, a lot, to the point where obviously the nation talks about this with the Mothers of America. They speak on things of this as far as seasonal suicide, suicides, things of that sort. So, and then me and my own personal life. Losing people back in Chicago where I was in boot camp. I lost three friends in boot camp that three months. I lost three friends that I was actively hanging around before I joined, you know what I'm saying? Or just knew about, shall I say, or how you going to go about it. But, you know, all this stuff takes a toll. And then you go out and you see people do wild things. Right. That's really it. You just see people do wild things and you have to cope with that or deal with things on your own, you know what I'm saying? And being in these situations and these positions of power, it's a lot. And then I get out the Marine Corps and everything heightened because my surroundings changed. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't doing the same thing I wasn't or my lifestyle just changed and obviously I didn't know how I was going to be able to deal with that and I didn't know I had these problems and the reason I didn't is because a lot of people in the military specifically Marine Corps may have this problem so we learned how to cope with each other through conversation or just chilling it's our lifestyle like right. a frat or sorority however you want to call it you know what I'm saying so I think once I got out of that world and out of them surroundings it heightened because I didn't have nobody to help comfort it mm-hmm. because it wasn't like it's I can like tell you, the norm in the military. Exactly, exactly. So when I get out here, you might look at me like you crazy because you a military marine. Y'all motherfuckers just crazy, but a marine doesn't know why, how it could have happened. So mm-hmm. it's easier for me to cope with me that I feel weird. You right. know what I'm saying? And then I start realizing that I wasn't like other people. I really start getting around people because obviously I came from a different lifestyle by being in the Marine Corps for eight years. Mm-hmm. So I get back around, let's say, old friends or just people. Period. My mental is different. The way I um, 
the way I react to things is different. So I get around my homies, and I might jump at some shit, or I might be looking paranoid to them. Because I'm aware of my surroundings, because that's a military con- attribute to have. You know right. what I'm saying? So, but today, look like, like I'm fucking a high, let's just say, like, man, what you doing? You know? And this is me not being, I'm being aware of my surroundings because this is not a normal for me. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, coming back and forth between, uh, you know, the, the areas I was in in Chicago, I mean, the areas I was in the military, and then come back to Chicago and hearing what's going on in Chicago. You know, and I'm coming back to these other states, and they say, yo, from Chicago, oh, it's fucking crazy there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's another height of a situation. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I got family, you know what I'm saying? And it, it became a lot. It's overbearing after a while. Mm-hmm. if you, Because I came from a place where I had the control. Right. I was over men, and I was over Marines, and that was, you know what I'm saying? I get out of that, I'm a civilian again. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to somebody, to a lot of people, that's just a lot. That in itself is a lot outside of the other problems that you may have. So, like I said, it heightened once I got out. and But I didn't know. I was just lashing out. Mm-hmm. So to my mom, like I said, my mom was like, you need to go see somebody, you know? And I went, you know, when I did, went to the the, the VA to, to talk, you know, I let them know what was going on, because it was getting bad. It was getting bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, nightmares, well, actively to this day, I still have nightmares about certain things and stuff that I don't really want to talk about. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, it's it's a lot. And people might see me and be like, oh, I know wrong with you, you fake it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm naturally a nice, happy person. I want to be in that state. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I wouldn't want to run. I'm not the person to be harvesting and rewarding people or letting people know that I have PTSD and I'm this angry guy and I'm going to be mad and shit. I got PTSD so I can be mad. Like, nah. I try to avoid the shit. Right. And that's how I, that's how you can tell people lying or not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody's trying to avoid it, they're probably really trying to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, and once I did that and I started learning more because I ended up getting a psychotherapist, mm-hmm. you know, she started breaking stuff down to me. Like, one day she asked me, and this one, I knew something was wrong. That's what she told me. Something was wrong. She was like, so when you watch TV, do you watch it or do it watch you? And um, I've always been told that I always watch TV like I'm about to kill it. So at that point, I'm not watching TV. The TV's watching me because I'm in my own mind. Mm. I'm just occupied. That's like if you're reading, but you're not reading. Read, you got to go back and reread the paragraph. You got to go back and reread it. You in yeah. thoughts, but you're reading. You know what I'm saying? Right. But you didn't, you didn't obtain none of that. So that's basically what was going on with me. Or happens to me or whatever, you know. And um, so they gave me my, you know, medicine and all that. You know, they deemed me PTSD, sleep apnea. I went and took my test for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I'm handling it with all that. And that's where it come from, you know. And it's something that's not a, it's not a get over it tomorrow. You know, it's one of the things where it's like, as much as you put in it, as much as you're going to get out. So if I had eight years of depression, it's probably going to take about 10 to get out. Right. Because it's it's traumatizing, you know what I'm saying? It's it's something that if something happens, it goes directly to that. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the truth. Like, at least for me, like I don't like seeing bodies on the floor. Right. Like uh-huh. that, it really take me straight back to that. Like there's no, it's like that's so raven when she do the future thing. Like, like you, know? you see somebody just sleep on the floor. Like I've walked into my house, had my cousins and stuff on the floor, I had to tell them to get up. Like I really panicked, and that's when I knew something was wrong. Like oh wow, like this is really affecting me. Mm-hmm. Like I get mad or. You know what I'm saying? Even down to like being in Haiti, I'm a I'm big. I crush all my water bottles. I anytime I drink a bottle of water, I crush the bottle because they were doing so much foul shit over water in Haiti. I had a little boy try to prostitute his little sister out to me. He was seven, she's about five, and all they wanted was aqua. Like literally, she was sitting there prostitute. He was literally prostituting his little sister out so they can get water. And I don't know, man, my mental. It's just. 
um, maybe crushing a bottle to maybe it might block that thought as far as like just doing away with it. Like, oh, fuck. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I do that. That's what natural thing. I drink a bottle of water. If I see bottles of water, I crush the bottle. I pick that up through my PTSD. That's mm-hmm. one of the things. So um, it's just a lot of small things. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I met a Marine who um, he had bodies, you know, from war. And he went deer hunting. That was his thing. And I asked, I'm like, man, you know, Sergeant, why you always deer? Because he loved talking about deer hunting. Ah. He was like, you don't know the feeling of watching a body drop. Oh, that's scary. It's scary, but that's how he coped, well, At least right? it's a deer. At least it's a deer. He ain't out on no American sniper shit. But yeah. Yeah, that's, you know, but he has PTSD. Yeah. I had a Marine who watched his Marine get blown up. Literally, like, they were in a firefight. The pin came off his flak while they were low crawling, and he looked over, and his Marine blew up in front of him. Because the pin came off of his thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and But this is the most humblest man you would meet. You would look at him and say, there's nothing wrong with him. Because the people with the real issues are trying to deal with it. You know that I had a um I had a student actually um a student who was in the military. I'm not sure exactly which branch she was in. And you always hear about people in balloons and mm-hmm. like popping. Okay. You know um so I'm in I'm I had just got through um, opening up a, a box and it had like those little balloon packets in there. Oh yeah, the, the bubble wrap. Right. So I'm not paying attention. You know the students, they not paying, they're you know doing whatever they're doing, and I pop one of the one of the the bubble wrap, the bubble wrap yeah. things, and all I saw was her flinch, and I look up, and her whole face turned red. She just like put her hands in her her hands, start crying, mm-hmm. and I was just I felt so bad because I was not aware yeah. that she had PTSD, and I wouldn't have known because yeah. of course, like you said, she's not broadcasting yeah. it, but she's she, dealing with it. Yeah, she literally had to have to take her outside, mm-hmm. her take breeze. some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like calm her down, but that's when I was like, "Oh shit, that this shit is, is real. like super real." You know real, what I mean? Real. It was and, crazy. <laughs> and I also want to get this out because I've been, um, you know, like I said, we've been from Chicago, and you get this world of people who just speak on like the street thing. Like a narrative out is a narrative is out there as if there's a, 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 a um, how can I say this? Like um, versus between street people and military people. Mm-hmm. So like I hear a lot of people saying, "Oh, you got niggas in the streets. They leave. They lose people every day. There's no help for them." That's true. But this would they don't fail to realize a lot of the military people. You have to be 18 to become military. Mm-hmm. So you had 18 18 years of life before you became a military veteran, dealing with the same shit. So you got people in Chicago. Let's just say Chicago that's living and dying, right? Mm-hmm. But these kids are 15, 16 years old. I can't be 15, 16 in the military. So that could be my friend too. Mm-hmm. You know, how come I couldn't make a decision to change my life and join the military? You know what I'm saying? And and but at that point, ain't that like double PTSD? You know what I'm saying? Like, am I dealing with cause now you have to think of this too. As a military man from a certain area, you go back to the area, you paranoid again, cause now you're in a higher stature than your regular people. So right. now you a target to some people. Yeah. It's a lot of stories of military people going back home and dying. And getting killed. Getting yeah. killed. So that's another uh paranoia that you would have. Like, I can't even go home. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm glad you actually brought that up because that's one thing that I feel like people don't people actually don't talk about enough is the fact that people in the hood or people in like these underprivileged neighborhoods they grew up seeing all this stuff. They actually have PTSD. Period. You know, like we always try to take PTSD and put it towards veterans. Veterans. Mm-hmm. But people Everybody like got yes, PTSD. like my 13 year old nephew, honestly, 13 to 14. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure he has PTSD. Yeah. Like watching people, watching your friends get killed. Mm-hmm. 
the whole fact that your friends get killed, like that's not the norm to know people or that's to have dead. people to see that a are, dead body. Yeah, like that's not normal. Right, exactly. And it's like you grow up and you see that. You know and what I mean? And when it becomes normal, that's a problem because you do see dead bodies in your sleep. Like yeah. that's just natural. You know what I'm saying? Because it's unnormal. Is you know what I'm saying? It's not normal to watch a dead. Like I remember, I was like seven when I seen my first dead body, mm-hmm. and I seen the blood, I seen the white sheet. You know what I'm saying? The cops were there and all, but I physically seen the body. And that's yeah. I remember that and to this day. You gonna always remember the worst shit before the good shit because mm-hmm. it's the most traumatized. It hurt the most. You know? Yeah. I so, watched the boy get shot right in front of our house. You know. Period. You know. Um, and you remember that? Like you went in a coma, you would probably come out that coma and remember that. Like, hey, I remember that nigga I shot right in front of. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, you know it's just like like you said, and those things just don't go away and it's not normal and it's like people in more privileged areas they 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 don't they don't see that and you were we talking earlier mm-hmm. about how like um they'll see that on TV like a young man just kill somebody rob something and they'll dismiss the whole fact that this nigga went through a lot a lot before it got to that point you know like yeah like that was people, literally his breaking point people go yeah. through it like and I feel like that's definitely should be accounted for mm-hmm. when they telling the stories like what course, led up to it yeah you know yeah. like like when the little you know not to, again not to put this on race but when they had like the little white the, the boy who uh, shot up all those people the little the, the white boy who oh, yeah, went yeah, to the yeah, school, school yeah. you know a lot of times sometimes when, when those situations come they want to say they want to put up his high school picture yeah, and yeah. say you know he was such an awesome person he got A's blah blah blah, blah. and then little Laquan on TV just shot up some people yeah, you know what I'm saying know they want to put the, yeah, yeah you know it's just banger, like yeah. and it's like but he was another person outside of that like what was he there was some there was some things that he did but y'all don't want to talk about about the good or they don't want to talk about to exactly the but, good. Yeah. Even, even if you don't want to discuss the good talk about his, his the situations yeah. he was in that even led him led yeah. him to doing that no that's real you know so i just it's like it's a lot of people walking walking up and down the street in the underprivileged neighborhoods of yeah. any race that have ptsd yeah i only said that too i was only saying that because i don't want people to have that narrative out there and not take that part that I spoke on as far as the age into consideration. Mm-hmm. Well, our traumatizing, the things that we go through as far as being traumatized will probably happen between 8th grade and senior year, mm-hmm. let's just say. So you can't join the military in that time. Right. You know what I'm saying? So we also, I don't want people out there like, oh, military getting all this love and niggas out losing bodies. That's true, but it's a military person that was 15, 16, lost just as many bodies as that 16, 15-year-old. They just made a decision that they wasn't going to be part of that statistic. Right. They just smarten up on the situation because they don't want to be another, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's all. That's all that's really about. Just when people speak on that, just understand, like, a, the gap of age. You can't join the military in that time. So don't make, don't pin that against, don't pin that against each other. Everybody has PTSD. But when you join the military, you get to get the rainbow, the pot of gold at the end of the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just a system that's created for that. Yeah. Just like if you're in the streets, if you do certain things, you go to jail. If you do it right, you're supposed to come home to a bag. Right? Supposed to. Supposed to, but I'm just saying, this is a system that's set up based off of the situations. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's all. That's the only reason why I wanted to speak on that, because, you know, I'm a rapper too. You know, I'm a rapper, so I hear people, and I've had, like, I had a homie I spoke to in, in, in Cali, you know what I'm saying? He was he brought that up, and he was very angry too. He did time in jail, you know, and I had to, he didn't know I was a veteran, though. Mm-hmm. So he was just like, yeah, I don't like how they be, you know, they get all that shit to the, ve- the veterans. They get money for seeing by, but what about all my homies? And I had to tell him, like, well, did you join the military to get the bag or you joined the game? Exactly. Yeah. Don't be mad at the military because they Take made that they decision. Own. They made that decision. Life yeah. is about decisions. That's all I can really say, like, because it's different circumstances, different stories. And I I had to learn that being in the Marine Corps. I can honestly say that's what that taught me to be very optimistic. Be very optimistic. Respect people's stories and be optimistic because it is freak stories. Mm-hmm. That's real, though. Like, Don't they didn't ask for that neither. Don't ever do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, when they when they they started teaching us about suicide real early, 
and when I was in, in the Marine Corps. And I started, like I said, I started learning a lot and dealing with a lot of um, the backlash from that. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, I was wrong for feeling like that. I was wrong for, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know who, who may have had problems with that. Well, actually, I have. I, I knew someone. And I felt bad after I had the class with the suicide because I was just like, oh, man. I treated her so bad off her, her issues and her mental issues that she might have been having. Like, I shouldn't have been that way. Because I felt, like I said, if you was like that, then you were mentally weak. Yeah. So. So, what what do you do now? Like, other than, um, of course, the, the medication that you're on. Like, what when what do, you, what do you do as, like, hobbies or whatever to keep yourself? Um. Well, I, I do music. Okay. Um, you feel like music helps you? Yeah. Because I write. I don't really write. Depressed music. I'm not one of them people that's like, I'm so depressed, I'm going to make depressed music right. for depressed people to make them more depressed. You know what I'm no, saying? No, no, like, so you're expressing I yourself. Expre- I do happy, I just make happy music or I be creative, make mm. you think. Just take away from the pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just what every, obviously art is self, you know, expression, but that's my self expression to not give that. I don't want to feel like, like the concept of the flu shot is putting flu in you to make you immune to flu. I don't want to give you depression to make you immune to depression. That doesn't work. Right, so you don't, I don't have to I rap about my story it's, in order for it to be expression. It's exactly, the whole fact that I get a exactly, chance to express, period. Exactly. And then, once we do have a conversation, i.e. like a situation like this, if you're a fan of me, then you'll get to see, like, oh, okay, this is why he's the style of an artist because this is what he do, this is where he come from. I think that's just a little bit more more attractive to me than just saying, oh, yeah, I'm going through shit. Let me just rap about this shit all day in my life and all this. And like, that's cool, but, you know, the world is bigger than your situation. So that's what I do. Right. I do those things. And also, I get into um, meditation. Meditation. And that's another thing that I feel, people, period, obviously, everyone should meditate. Period. You should find, every day, you should give five minutes of your free, social media free, Phone free time. Go to your bathroom. Huh? Sit on the toilet. Toilet's a great place. Exactly, but don't take your phone and sit there and just close your eyes and think for five solid minutes every day of your life, and you will really see a difference in you walking out of your house and dealing with the world. And people need to understand there's just between meditation and prayer. Different, it is. Yeah. It's a difference. Um, you know, you do have, you know, whatever makes you comfortable with understanding that find peace within yourself, that's what you should do. Yeah. If you, do your, if like you do your prayers, you do your prayers in the morning, but if you meditate, those are two different things. Meditation is like a small of a self yeah. kind of reflection yeah. thing. The prayer is for you trying to look for more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you want self-improvement within self, just to calm you down and keep, obviously, you know, because I met a, I met a Marine who knew how to, he learned, I forget what it was called, but he basically learned how to break up his his thoughts in his brain. Mm. Separate He told me. He's like, I can really separate negative and positive thoughts in my brain if I give myself time to do it. I've learned this off of meditation. Yeah. He says, you know, it's different levels. I'm like, man, okay, that's cool. He brought he brought up chakras to me. He was a pro black yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chakras. You know, seven chakras, you know what I'm yeah. saying? He brought up all these different things. He said these things work though. You know what I'm saying? And he was active. Though. And I'm, I'm glad you said um, do it on the toilet because so many people think when you think meditation, you picture like um, sitting on the floor, candles. sitting like oh no, no not, the, not the floor, oh, the, on the ground yeah, within yeah. the uh, what is it called the pose with yeah, your legs crossed and yeah, and you got to touch the earth, but mm-hmm. it's just like more of a like being just somewhere that's silent, silence, and being able to focus on yourself and focus not not non distracted, non distracted, non distracted silence yeah, is what it. you try to get. Okay, so um, let's just kind of gra- get into like um. Some of the um, social, I guess, aspects of it. So we know when it comes to mental health and 
uh, amongst men we think of mm-hmm. Kanye West. Okay. Um, I have a, a mixed feelings about Kanye West. I definitely think that he has he seriously has some issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he blames a lot of things on his mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like I don't know if he's necessarily he knows he has it, but is he really trying, trying to get to the fix help? It. Yeah. You know, it's like he's crying out for help to the wrong people, or just crying out, and now it's getting boring. It's like it's getting irritated to us, kind of yeah. like ah, oh, here he go again. Now with Kanye, I'm a avid Kanye fan for other personal reasons. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that's disappointed in him right now. People, we can't let go of Kanye off the strength. It's Kanye. He can't go quit rap and go work at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Kanye's a fucking beast. Like, yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, exactly. You know, uh, and I I feel like Kanye didn't come from the struggle that he claims. It's his mother and his grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, say for instance, him growing up in Chicago. He didn't grow up in the streets of Chicago. He just grew up in Chicago. His mom was a teacher. Right. So she had the ability to make sure she haunts her child, i.e. why he's a great producer, a genius. She's a professor. What exactly. Yeah. So she was able to put, give the right books to him, give the right guidance for him to understand and haunts on his craft. You know, he writes scenes about this stuff. He wasn't in the streets. Mm-hmm. He dealt with street niggas, but he wasn't in the streets. Right. You know what I'm saying? To so the point where his mom taught him to uh, own yours. Don't be scared to let nobody take. Don't let nobody take nothing from you. So when he dealing with street niggas, he ain't no punk. Right. But he not a street nigga. He not in the streets. So when he got famous, he took on the world. He took on the world with him because he did change hip hop as a culture. Yeah, he did. Like people can say what they want between music, fashion. You know, we we people hate Kanye, but they're wearing his Yeezys. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because the backstory to the Yeezys on what they do for you and your health. You know, they got the Tempur-Pedic. Uh, a souls in them mm-hmm. and help you with your, you know, all the different things. So, anyways, um, so with Kanye, I feel like once he lost his mom, he lost his, he lost his nucleus. Mm-hmm. And that's me being a mama's boy. I know for a fact, if I lost my mom today, I'm going to be fucked up for the rest of my life. That's just the God honest truth. Now, imagine me being rich as fucking Calabasas with all the richest people in the world who don't care about black issues. Yeah. And now I'm, and but I'm, in, in the midst of all that, I'm still trying to shift culture, i.e., Put Yeezy Brandon amongst Gucci, but he's speaking to us about shit that we don't know about, like the glass ceiling. He's telling us in fashion in this world that we live in, they give black people a glass ceiling, but us as black people, we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. you the only dude, you the ice, you the hockey puck on this hockey field. Mm-hmm. So you in this world that we're just sitting watching you be this crazy person on this field. You the only person out there, Kanye. So we can't really reach to help you. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the fuck you talking about. And you in Calabasas. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, when you come back, it's like, we don't know if you're real or not from that perspective. And like you said, then you blame it on your health problems. So then people with real health problems looking at it like you're manipulating a real situation and using it to your advantage as a cover-up for your fuck-ups. Like, oh, I didn't mean to... I'm sorry about my four years of slave statement. I got mental issues. Yeah, then you named your whole album. I'm crazy. Yeah. I'm I'm bipolar. And it's just like... I'm not like it or some shit like that. It's just like, yeah, that's like... You you mocking it kind of yeah you know and, like and exactly. like you said when people with real like with real mental mm-hmm. illnesses it's just like I understand that you want to highlight it and let people know that it's there you know yeah. just bring awareness of it but I feel like bring awareness of it and get help with it because now exactly. you bring an awareness of it and you just like okay just I got bipolar and I'm just gonna be crazy exactly. exactly you know um and I just uh uh Brandon Marshall okay your football player football player he, he actually has, has yeah. borderline personality disorder you so. know uh and as a person who's very familiar with personality disorders, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I, I don't, when I see him, I don't see him, he, you know, like, 
acting out or acting being a different because he's trying to probably fix it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Because he probably like, really had personality flips. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, people Blew who really go... Yeah, people who really go through the struggle, it's not necessarily something that you run around... Telling people. You don't advocate for that. Like, I'm Yeah, out here. it's like, you know, like, because... Uh, since we since we talk about it, you know, yeah. I have personality disorder. But everybody doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. I don't run around telling people. Do I tell people? Yes, I've told people. I've told people that were in that I saw that needed help. Mm-hmm. You know, so like it makes you more to be more relatable. Yeah. You know, like I understand what you're going through, yeah. mental illnesses. Why? I suffer from mm-hmm. mental illnesses, but such and such and such. But I don't do. I mean, it's just me. I don't just be doing random shit and then to try to blame my, my yeah, your, you know. Your, your problems on Yeah, it, like, and yeah. it's just like, because at the end of the day, yeah, you have a mental illness, but you still have a conscious. Yeah, to know so, what's right So wrong. what right was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and you, so you can't blame everything on it. Exactly. You know, right. and I feel like a lot of the stuff that Kanye's doing is just kind of like putting a negative connotation on mental health. On mental, health. you know, mental health. No, you know? that's solid. That's solid. That's a yeah. good way to, to sum that up. Like, because I mean, I, I and I know people with bipolar disorder. Yeah. Um, every day of their life is not that up, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you take your medication, yeah, exactly. it's like Kanye West is running around like a person that's bipolar, that's not getting help. And not so if you have, right, weird. if you know you have it and, and there's something that you can do to kind of help it, yeah. I understand you want the freedom to just be yourself, yeah. but you, you still need control. if you see that it's not, yeah. it's not healthy what you're doing yeah. and it's damaging, then you need to try to get help for that. Yeah. You know, nobody's trying to put you in a box. Because, you know, nobody necessarily wants to be normal, like, you know, like yeah. everybody else. But you need to find a happy medium between that. Because you can't keep going on, on Twitter and making an ass out of yourself. Like, he just went off on Drake. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. and then, of course, we're going to blame that on his bipolar. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's just like, so where, you need some solid people in your corner. Yeah. That's going to take your phone, take your goddamn yeah. phone away. And, and I, <laughs> solid, I think he needs more of, um, I feel he needs more women, more stronger women around. I don't know his story. Yeah. No, the, People, the truth is, and this ain't even about Kanye West, this is about just the truth, period. The truth is, nobody knows the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. You play we a telephone just... game all day, it's perception. Yeah. You, me and you right now could be in this room, see the same shit, walk out of this room with a different story. True. So the truth is not the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The truth is, nobody knows the truth. You know what I'm saying? That's weird. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I, I really keep that in my mind. That's why I'm optimistic. Yeah, that's I keep that in my mind. When that's I, a great you know place saying? to be. Yeah, I, that's why I be optimistic about things and I respect people's situations, but I don't tolerate disrespect in the same form. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Uh, let's move on to some <laughs> uh, to some, some facts. Okay. Okay. So um, did some research um, and we found during, through the research it discovered that the suicide rate, substance abuse rates, mm-hmm. um, are higher with amongst men. I can believe right. It. Uh, and of course we come into the conclusion that, that I can see that being very true. Mm-hmm. And this is not just black men, African-American yeah, this men. Is this is men, period. Yeah. Right. Uh, because men, be honest. Our pride. Pride. They don't want, they don't admit to it. No yeah. man wants to be like, man, I'm, I'm depressed. I need some help. Yeah. No one wants to say yeah. they need help. You know, it's like, suck it up. Exactly. Man up. Exactly. And, and because there's not enough examples before for you to be like, oh, okay, he did, I can go. Yeah. And but I I can't say this though. There's a lot of people out there. It's like Nick Cannon. You know, it's a lot of different people that speak. Charlemagne the guy. Charlemagne the guy. It's a lot uh-huh. of people that speak on mental health issues. You know what I'm saying? And it's coming. It's coming. I respect that. I do see that. But I'm I'm glad that it's coming because that is the issue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's nobody before us to say, oh okay, he did it. I respect who he is. Okay, I, I probably can do Let it. Let me go seek help. His story changed. You know, that's yeah. a possibility. You know what I'm saying? 
So, yeah, I can see that then. So it says men make up over 75% of suicide victims in the United States with one man killing himself every 20 minutes. Man, that's a lot. That's deep. That's really deep. That's deep. Because but I can see that being possible. Too. Very <laughs> much deep. Because like I said, men are, men, I felt, um, they had really talked about it on, um, I watch Star. Okay. Um, and, Queen TV show, right? Yeah. Shout out and uh, the guy, I think his name is Luke. Is his real real name and um his father his name is Noah Brooks in the show okay. and his father is gay or whatnot okay. and his father was telling him that when he was young because his son is dealing with a um substance abuse okay and he was just telling him it's my fault that you're dealing with the substance abuse because when you were growing up I told you to man up so mm-hmm. much I was trying to make you so quote unquote manly. Mm-hmm. To mm-hmm. not be in touch with your feelings and your emotions. Don't and cry. Don't cry. cry. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like, we're human. Mm-hmm. Man or yeah, women, feelings. we all human. We all have the same emotions, mm-hmm. and you have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. You know it's what I mean? how you deal with them. Yeah. What make you, you who you are. Right. Yeah. So, you know, like, versus, like, talk to somebody versus picking up a bottle. Yeah. Or before you find you, like you said, that guy, he he deliberately tried to kill himself from a knob. Yeah. You know, no, like, find yeah, there's yeah, got to yeah. be, you know, find other things. To, to do, yeah, yeah you know, like we, like, and we have to look at the signs of our men. Yeah, um, you know, just like I just want men to be like I have a friend, um, and he's a awesome guy, married, um, beautiful children, and you know, you look at these people, and you say, oh well, why would he be depressed? Why is anything wrong with him? He got a good job, he's surviving, he's doing good. Why would he be sad? But no, you never know. Like you said, what happened in people's life yeah. to make them depressed? Maybe the pressure of all that. Being a father yeah. and trying to keep up, you know, not having your father around, and now you got the responsibility of being a father and a husband, yeah. something that you've never seen before. Yeah. You know, a that's a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, why are you always drinking? Why are you always gambling? That's how people deal with things, yeah. you know, until you're ready to admit. But your fault. Yeah, that they're like, okay, there's something wrong. Yeah. So, you know, luckily for him, he decided, you know, he was, he, he noticed that there was a problem, noticed he was depressed and got help. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just feel like people need to just, you don't have, this world is, life is too short. Yeah. And if you can get help. But life go, is good. Life is good, right? <laughs> 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 go, go seek help. Yeah, go get I'm help. Good. It's all, I mean, it's, it's okay. oh, it does not make you a weaker person. It actually makes you a stronger person and to two, admit that you got even need help. Yeah, that's real. And, and two, if you can't find professional help, find somebody that has the right questions for you. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I learned about dealing with my psychotherapist. She's a regular woman that's never been in the military or nothing, but she asks me the right questions that make me think. Mm-hmm. That's usually how uh, how therapy goes. I no, just, so how do you feel about that? Not, not even that question. I mean, like when I said she asked me, when you watch TV, do you stare at it or do it watch you? That's a very deep, thoughtful question I have to sit and ponder on. Like, damn, when I was watching TV, did I pet? And I have to say to myself, no, I always find myself rewinding shit. Because mm, I, I never would have thought to ask that question. Exactly, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. And I probably have to be a psychotherapist to ask right. the questions. But I'm just saying, you might have a normal person that could just ask the right questions to you. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a homeboy here in Chicago. Um, He never dealt with nobody as close getting killed. His homeboy got murdered. His best friend got And we just saw him a week before. He just got out of jail. You know what I'm saying? And it was crazy. When I talked to him, I asked him what he's going to do with his life. And he ain't had no answer. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, bro, you sat in that box that whole time and couldn't figure out nothing to do when you got out? You got all that freedom in the side of that jail. But anyways, mm-hmm. so when he passed, my homie, he knew how to cope with it, but he didn't. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I had to, as a man, mm-hmm. as a man first, 
I understood he had feelings that he had to deal with. Like you said, as a black man, that conversation of me understanding, all right, I'm a man, and as a man, I understand we have feelings. Right. And I'm going to help you haunt and, and control your feelings, but I'm going to help you get through it, too. Right. Because of however I could give it. You know what I'm saying? So I went over there to talk to him, and I told him, you know what I'm saying? Like, listen, I know what's on your mind, but you know what comes after that. So you got a child in that room. You got another one across town. Your homie gone for some shit that y'all don't even know why. So for you to go retaliate would be counterproductive. It would be. You know what I'm saying? I know that's on your bag. That's on your your main right now. Like, man, I want to just... Because I'm, I'm pretty sure he knew who did it. You know what I'm saying? They, at that point, they figured out what it was all about, stuff like that. I mean, you know, he had homies that was going to amp him up. But me... I'm a different breed from the perspective we just men military stuff like that. I had to let him know. Like I lost way more than this. And I'm telling you it's not worth it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, and you're gonna you're gonna heal from this. Right. You have to tell people, you have to give people confirmation in their on the other side. You have to let them know there is light on the other side. Yeah. And I was telling him, like, you're gonna get through this. You're strong enough to get through this. But you have to want to get through it. I could talk to you all day. If you don't want to change for yourself, you're gonna go do what you think about. Right. But if you understand that once you do that, it's another ripple effect that's going to affect your 360. Yeah. Why would you do that? Your, you know what I'm saying? You got your family members involved in church. and Now you retaliated. And now that comes back on everybody. Right. But now you retaliated, get shot, shot that person who shot your friend. Now you go to jail. So now you're going to do life. Mm. Take life away from your kids, a father away from your kids. A son just, away from your parents. Right, I was just like, people never act, actually think all that shit through when they re- do retaliation. Why? Nine out of ten, is nobody up to even be on their shoulder with it, though. Because yeah, you got, like, my homie. Impulse. No, but your homie's your homie. So your homie say, if I'm riding, you ride. You mm-hmm. riding, I'm riding. That's why. But that's only if you in that world. As a friend, you have to be a whole friend. We have to have that friend, too. You have to have that friend that's against the grain. Yeah. Just period. You know what I'm saying? Everyone should have that person inside their clique where they're against the grain. Why? Because they're going to give you the other side of that mental when you block it off. Because people block it off. They go into that rage. And especially blacks. Like like we spoke on venting, mm-hmm. right? In society, as black people, we only do a number of things. Now, if you do anything outside of that, you low-key gay. Yeah. That's another problem. If I can't play football, if I'm too small for football... Too uh too slow for basketball or not big enough for basketball or um if I can't rap or can't sing, what are you stuck with? That you're not gonna get teased about. Right. That's the issue. Like yeah, you go do other shit. Oh, you wanna be a loyal punk ass? Gonna be is that your soft ass? You wanna read books and shit? That's right. sad, but that's real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or you wanna play tennis? That's soft ass shit. You wanna do golf? That white boy. That ass white shit. boy. You wanna do you know lacrosse? Like what? That's gay shit. Now you fighting your own people just to be different. Just to be you. Because the narrative among whether it's with blacks or society, like say for instance, blacks don't go swimming. Blacks don't do skiing. Mm-hmm. I've done skiing in Dubai, people, and it was beautiful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'll do it again. But in my life, that narrative was around me, so I felt like I was supposed to do that. What I won't do is go in the wild and go figure out, you know, extent, extent of, of animals and things of that sort. Let them live in their world. Yeah, that's their territory. That's their territory. I'm on land and in the jungle. You yeah. did. But, um... You know, and, but just to, to jump on that, um... Just about out. people like, you know, the black community and just even, even gay. Mm-hmm. Because there's a higher rate, like, I was... I can't think of the number and I should know. 
Um, but they were just saying that the life expectancy of transgender and black men? gays, black okay. gay men, okay. is shorter. So of course, because of suicide or being uh, killed. You. you know I what I mean? You. Like yeah, the like yeah, because the depression, just, because yeah. it's like, okay, you black, you black, you ain't supposed to be gay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or just like coming out to your family, mm-hmm. nobody oh, accepting you. Yeah. You know, and then of course being transgender. You know, it's just like, yeah, you know, so like, I mean, of course, in the transgender, in the LGBT community, period, there's Mm -hmm. issues. But like in the black community, it's, it's a little, it's, you know, it's it's a little difficult. difficult. You know, even if you're trying to figure out your shit and you got people, you You can't, yeah, it's like, you can't, you have to be, you have to be what society say you are on a grand scheme as far as like, like you said, you got to be a musician a rapper or fucking You got to be doing supermanly shit. Like, oh, you can't be a a good one if you like doing hair. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't do hair and be you and can't be you can't do hair and be black and be a man and be straight because if you are you gay, you gay. period. My uncle whips my uncle up. James. You whips remember Uncle James? Do I remember your uncle? James? Yeah, he, he Snoop was dog. Yeah, so we my did uncle Snoop James. Dog here, people. Yeah, my we uncle missed James Snoop because he ended up at the, co- at, the, at the hotel. Yeah. yeah, he was a cosmetologist, mm. not a barber. Cosmetologist. He used to do Snoop Dogg, Ice T, yep. uh, all, all the players. Yeah, right. All the players just he didn't give a shit about nobody calling him gay or collect all of all of them in the hoes. <laughs> the players pull up with the bitches. You know what I'm saying? Like what? that's a that's a hustle, right? but. Our narrative so fucked up that we don't yeah. even take that consideration. Yeah, you just you know like doing it's like it's fucking hair. Everybody, yeah. everybody has it. You got to get it done, and you get the money for it. Yeah, that's a guarantee. You have to do it. Yeah, that's- you know that's a, that's a whole different story. But just like people sometimes, but I just have to say, like sometimes, I know people who will lose out on the bag just because they're afraid that they're gonna be perceived as gay for doing some shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, who gives who a gives shit a whatever people say? If they ain't gonna be affected by your outcome. Right. They, these niggas, they, they're not paying your bills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you are, you know what you got, so don't worry about what the next person with everybody. Because they always That's gonna right. have something to say. Everybody. People people yeah. gonna have something to say regardless of what you do. bad. Whether they say, oh, congratulations, they have something to say. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you could be yeah, doing a, you could be doing good, they have something bad to say. You be doing bad, they have something good. It's just, you know, they always got yeah. something to say. But um, with, with, with the mental health people, just... And I know I have female listeners too. Um, and we're concentrating on men, but just making sure that you guys are aware of your mental status and understanding that mental health is is real. So if yeah. you feel like something's off or something's not right, it's okay to go seek help to go talk to somebody. It's like it's like when you get a checkup and you got like you feel something or you feel off a little bit. You're like, you know, let me just go to the doctor and see, make sure everything is okay. Mm-hmm. If you feel in yourself and your spirit and in your mind that something isn't right. Go talk to somebody yeah. just to make sure. Just do a checkup for your mind mm-hmm. to yeah, make sure that you are straight. Yeah, I'm because straight. you. I mean, and it's not to say that you're gonna have like some type of serious mental issue, but sometimes people just need somebody to talk to. Mm-hmm. Because once you fall down deep down into those depressions, it's really it's hard, hard to, to get your ass back out of there. You know, and then sometimes you need medication. Yeah, and that um, makes it worse. That can make it worse sometimes. Just now you, you now you be a permanent yeah depressed person. You know what I'm saying? And that's another reason why. So I had a conversation because we you don't want to be in a situation where they permanently make you that. Yeah. You don't want to be that label. That rock. Yeah, you don't want to be that statistic and that rock over there. Like, yeah, that's another one that's just off the meds every day, just zooted. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because we're not saying you 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 necessarily acted out or nothing like that, but you didn't do the 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 precautions that was necessary to make changes before you got to somebody that made it concrete and permanent for yeah. you. And you got to do what's best for you. Like I'm a yeah. person, like I said, um. Through my mental issues, I've only taken medication 
once, and that's when I was necessarily forced. Yeah. But other than that, I don't take medication only because I and it works for me. It yeah. don't work for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't work for every disease or yeah. every every illness. It doesn't work for everything. But just kind of being aware of my triggers and trying to figure out a way to balance them and get myself out of those triggers or being aware of those things so I won't have to fall back into those different moments and finding hobbies, just finding different ways to cope with them. But some people, the medication really is, the medication is there to help. Yeah. You know, like, it's so supposed you, to be there to help. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's cool if you don't get necessarily dependent on it, but like I said, every case is different. Yeah. So I don't want to tell nobody, you know, like, oh, you know, try to wing yourself out of the medication yeah, 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 and pray yeah, yeah. and talk, you know, like, cause it don't work for everybody. Yeah, like if some people need it heavy. But yeah, it's like to, skill, like uh, to, schizophrenia. Yeah, People yeah, are schizophrenic. Like sometimes, like with that, that's an illness that you you gonna need your medication. Yeah, definitely. To help you balance that out. That personality. Yeah, yeah really, like really. that. You know, that's perception yeah, and all that good yeah. shit. So just being aware of, and then if you know that you have illnesses, be aware of what's going on in your family. The same way you know if di- if diabetes is hered- is in your family, you need to know if diseases like uh, schizophrenic is in mm-hmm. your family because that is actually hereditary. You yeah. can pass that down. So watching out for the signs of that, being aware of different things like that. Like I said, just making sure that you are being aware of changes within your personality, your children's personalities, your parents' personalities, and the, um and those who are around you. All right, so when it comes down, because I know you spoke on, we're not speaking on females per se, but I would like to say, and this is for both genders, male and female, if you have a significant other that's going through mental problems, um, try to console them as much as possible. And I say that because you could help massage it away, not physically, but the consolement mm-hmm. could help massage the, their mental mm-hmm. on whatever may be, you know, freaking them out or whatever, you know. And um, and that, like I said, that's for both. And just be patient. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you love your significant other and you feel they might be going through something and you feel like they truly really are, be patient with them. You know what I'm saying? Because they probably don't want to be going through that shit neither. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you love somebody, you got to understand if you're going to sit there and be with them or if you care for someone and just try to be patient and understand because whenever that person get out of there, they're going to love you at the highest because they know where they was at. And they know, like, man, I can't let that person go. That person was there. You know what I'm saying? Like, when people that come out of being addicts, like, if you care, console and be patient. You know what I'm saying? Pray, obviously, all that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't telling you necessarily kiss ass and be a slave for that person. Yeah. I'm saying console, understand, and be patient. You know, don't let them abuse the the fact that they have these issues and use you. I get all that. And don't would you do that. say, and if not, then move your ass out the way so mm-hmm. you won't make it worse? Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> because you don't you don't want people to you don't want people to throw all that on you. Some people have somebody that they could be the crutch. Yeah. And that then that's gonna pour down to your other half. So you you know, like you said, stuff is hereditary, you might it might be flipped. You might get out of it now, your other half got it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's it's a lot. So but that's all I get from that. So that's all I get. And also, um, just just to add on, if you are dealing with somebody or if you're in a relationship or your spouse or something is going through um a mental illness and it's getting severe, it's okay for you to seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, they have groups mm-hmm. um for people who are trying to help pe- other people mm-hmm. deal with their mental illness. Like, um, or like like spouses. Yeah, spouse, like spousal, spousal support. Group. Yeah, spousal support group. Yeah, so those. you can go to that because so you, you're not the, you know, to let you know that you're not alone because that can be a lot dealing with somebody with a mental illness. Mm-hmm. It is, it's a lot, you know. Um, it, you Like I said, it's like, take a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to know, kind of know their triggers. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, it does, it takes a lot. And, you know, kudos to everybody who, those who are out there um, just holding people down yeah. parents 
uh, spouses, mm-hmm. children, all that good stuff. Um, so to caveat, before we move on, just one last thing: if you do have a problem or you feel like you do, you don't want to talk to nobody. For real, for real, call the one eight hundred suicide prevention line, the hotline. And I only say that because it's gonna be somebody unanimous. Oh, anonymous. I see unanimous. Anonymous. I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, 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 public cool. school system. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Just try that because you call, talk to somebody that you don't know. And nine times out of ten, you'll probably spill more beans than somebody. Yeah, nigga, you we don't get to that. Okay, guys. So we're gonna go into audience participation and answer some questions. Ashley from Chicago says, "How do you tell someone that you think they may have a mental illness?" Outside of um, maybe being straightforward. Uh, Give them hints. You can give them hints, or you could um just let them know. Talk to them. Actually, see where they at, and you know what they think about where they at in their life, and just see you know you know if you could throw that in there. You know if you give them some help, or you can find someone that you could you know uh, tell them that they can talk to if they don't want to talk to you specifically, or you know nobody around. Just like hey, you know you can talk to these people. Or, you know, I think that's basically that's basically the most you could really do. Yeah, and I, th- I think with that, too, you also have to be just um, a little careful, of course, because you don't want to tell someone something and it kind of scares them. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then, of course, they try to fight yeah, against them, like, oh, I ain't, ain't nothing wrong with me. I ain't calling nobody. Yeah. So just kind of finding... Uh, finding small little cool yeah. ways for them to feel comfortable with them doing it because, you know, like, nobody likes change. Yeah. You know, so. But, I mean, don't... But don't, of course, don't be afraid to actually tell them because at least you could feel as though, or at least, you know, you did your part to let them know, like, hey, you know, maybe you should talk to somebody or yeah. something like that. You know, just come from a, um, try to come from, I guess, the deepest place in your heart and make sure you're wording it right. Um, if it's somebody that you know, if it's somebody that you're maybe not close with, uh, maybe even if you have someone else that you know can deliver it a little better, kind of see if they can, if you trust them, see if they can kind of like have a conversation with them to, uh, you know, just kind of make sure that people are getting the adequate amount of help, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, second question is Herb from Compton. What signs would a person show if they are suicidal? Um, from what I've noticed, it'd be things like uh, just for one being down all the time. Uh, maybe kind of like giving up, like you'll see a drastic change in them. Like you'll see a drastic change and you'll just, you know, obviously spiritually, if you're a spiritual person or not, you know, you'll feel the difference around them. Like you'll just feel that they kind of, they're there, but they're not there. They're, you know, they're not interested in anything. And, and uh, they maybe start talking about death or or not being around longer or, you know, not wanting to be here or, you know, get being tired, tired of this and, you know, things of that sort. So, uh, look out for certain things like that when they start kind of like giving up on everything or certain things. Their mood or that energy shifts. Yeah, it shifts. When it shifts, you'll, you'll, you'll notice it if you're a friend to somebody or you know somebody and you're around them a lot. You'll, you'll see the difference. And also, guys, um, with if you know someone who has committed suicide and um, don't feel on your conscience that it's your fault because sometimes people just don't have signs. People are really good at hiding the things. Um, so just... You know what I mean? Like, just don't don't feel guilty or yeah, don't feel, feel like, like it's, it's your... Cause, you could have done. Yeah, because sometimes could, yeah. We, we all have our own lives, so yeah. we're going through our own things. So, you know, it's not like we're always looking for signs in people or always alert because it's sometimes it's the, the most happiest people that I'm the most saddest yeah. because they always have to try to keep a smile on their face. Yeah. 
So, um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a, I want to say that's damn near sad. <laughs> you know, just like goofy, like yeah. overly goofy, because I know I'm a really goofy person. But, um, yeah, just being aware, just kind of changes in the energy. Yeah. So, in conclusion, we just want you guys to seek help. Seek help, um, especially, uh, of course, men. It's okay. Like we said, it's okay to ask for help. If you need help, the help is there. You do not have to walk around in life miserable or sad or depressed. Like, this is your one life to live. Fuck what everybody else say. If you need help, go out there and get it. <laughs> you know? Just go out there and get the help. Like I said, you do not have to live like that. Mm-hmm. That's anybody. Yeah, that's anybody. Anybody with you feeling like you're going through something because we all are going through something. We all have suffered from something that affects us now to this day to some extent, you know, and obviously it be on your mind. Obviously, that's why it's affecting you. If it's active in your mind, you know, things uh, take you back to that time that we talked about. You know, finding a finding a way to, to get past it is obviously what you want to focus on, you know. And um, I would say, you know, anything that you feel that makes you happy, Indulge in it to where it turns that feeling that you have for whatever you feel may be affecting you wrongly or making you feel some type of way. Because it's hard. There's no, you know what I'm saying? There's no, but I would say don't add more to it as well. You know, don't go against the grain, i.e. like, you know, people say I'm suffering from something my homie dies, so I go and drink lean or I go and, you know, pop pills. Substance Like, you know, you know what this is doing to people. So how do you think that's going to, affect you, you know, as far as you covering up whatever you're going through. You know that's not that's not productive for your body. You know that, you know, you see got all the stories in the world on the overdoses of people doing these things. So right. you know it's not good for you. So, you know, <clears throat> I think just finding something productive and, and, you know, figuring out a way to channel that I know is hard. You know, but I would say just focus on trying to do that at least. You know, at the least try to figure out an outlet that's going to be productive for you to be better, do better, you know, but you have to want to do it, you know, that's the, that's the biggest thing overall, you have to want to do it. Yeah, and also mental health issues are just as real as physical health, like we stated earlier, if you have a flu or you have type of symptom of sickness, you, a lot of people, you, first thing you do is let me go get the check, let me go to the doctor, and make sure I'm okay, if you feel in some way mentally, do the same thing, go to the doctor, talk to your doctor, even if you go to your regular doctor and talk to them, they're still doctors, you know, and, and they know if they have referrals. Talk to them um, and and see if there's any way that they can help. So you can find out if there is something wrong or if there's something, not, not necessarily wrong, but something that's not balanced out. Talk to somebody. Um, Breezy's makeup tip for the week. Ladies, just for ladies, let the glue dry on your lashes before you apply it. Yep, so let it get tacky. That's going to be the best way to get those lashes <laughs> To stick, if you're working on yourself, you can put the glue on there and blow on it. But if you're working with a client, kind of fan it away, fan it around because we don't want cross-contamination. And then uh, place it on there. And also, please remember to pull the glue off your lashes before you reapply them. No one wants to see that gunk up there. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> we're going to, of course, you guys know where you can find the Life is Good podcast. You find us on IG at Life is Good podcast. L I F E I S G O O D P O D C A S T. And you can also find me 
Breezy the Artist on IG. Just that simple. Breezy the Artist. I'm on Instagram at G-D-O-M-A-D-E. G-E-D-O-M-A-D-E. Twitter, Gito Music. Any app on Twitter, Gito Music at G-E-D-O-M-U-Z-I-K. Gito uh, Made as well on Facebook. Thank you guys for listening and being here for the throwback this week. As you guys can see, episodes used to be a little longer. <laughs> but we appreciate y'all. Make sure you go ahead and subscribe, comment, all those things. Until next time, y'all. Peace.